Let me ask you a question tonight. Is uh, who's, in tr- who's in control? Who's in charge? Brother Kenny, he ain't here. So who's in charge? Ch- charge, charge deacons, minister of music, Brother Mark, who's, who's in charge? No, the question is that who's in charge, not only of our church, but on, in charge of our life? Who is, who is that? And we need to rejoice in the Lord of knowing that God, as he is in control, if you have your Bibles tonight, if you will, turn to uh, Psalms chapter 97. Psalms chapter 97. Looking at a few verses here and reading of this, if you would please stand in honor and reverence reading of God's Word. Psalms 97, beginning with verse 1. The Lord reigneth, let the earth rejoice, let the multitude of the isles be glad thereof. Clouds and darkness are round about him, righteousness and judgment or the habitation of his throne. A fire goeth before him, and burneth up his enemies round about. His lightning enlighteneth the world, the earth saw, and the trembled. The hills melted and waxed at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the Lord of the whole earth. The heavens declare his righteousness, and all the people see his glory. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have given us the privilege and opportunity once again to open thy holy scriptures and read in the hearing of the presence of these thy people. As we come this evening, Lord, I pray that once again that you will hide me behind the cross, that they may see Jesus. Lord, that you'll speak from the thrones of glory this evening the very message, the words that you would have us to hear. For Lord, without your message, we have no message, Lord, without your words. We have no words. So as we come with open and receptive hearts now, asking that you speak to our waiting hearts, and as you honor your word and bless your people, we'll bow our unworthy heads and say, Jesus did it all. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. As we look this evening and we think about the thing of saying that who's in charge? The day and the time and the age in which we live today, we live in a troubled world. We live, I guess we say that we live in a troubled world more than we've ever seen before. I know in my lifetime, as things, my lifetime is short. Is even if we live to be a hundred years old, we'll still be a short time. But in our lifetime today, and things of this, we've never seen trouble in the world like it is today. As we used to, we hear things of troubles and things that we think of of overseas somewhere. We hear something, say, in California or somewhere like that. But it's all around us today. It's in our front door, our back door, and all this. And we used to think about wars and all this. It's very seldom day that you pick up a newspaper or see on television things of this. We don't hear about wars and rumors of wars and things and all around us and all this. But one of the greatest things that we find is happening to us today is in our society and around us is crime. Crime and violence, the drugs and all this. And about every day that you pick up a newspaper, you open, you hear, watch the news on television or on radio and hear this, that we hear of all kind of violence and crime that was there 
Is this not like the days and when it was of old that you could pick up the turn on the television for your children and things like this? You sit down and watch the Andy Griffin show or I Love Lucy or things of that. But what we hear today is things of crimes and violences all around us. You see, world conditions are incumbent around us. It's compassing us about. Is in things we think of this and why we encumbered with such great cares and troubles and all that we find there. Is does anyone, anyone have an answer for us? Does anyone have an answer for our, our problems, our cares, our troubles and things and all this? You're saying, well, is things and all this. Well, is there hope for a better day? Is there hope for better days in our days and times in which we live and head in this? Yes, for Christians, there is hope for a better day. A better day that when we cross over past from this life into the portals of glory around the throne of God for all of eternity. It's going to be better days, better times for us then. But until then, it's saying in that times of which we live today, are there better times ahead for us? As we look at this, we see, as we look around us, and we say, what is going to happen to us? What, what, what's, going to happen? what's going to happen today or what's going to happen tomorrow? Are we concerned about that? What it is? The Bible tells us not to be concerned, worry about tomorrow, for sufficient is the day therein. But yet, that we think about the tomorrows, what will become us? Does anyone, does anyone have good news for us. Is there, is there good news on the horizon? Is there good news for us as we think about this? Yes, there's still good news. Is that news has not changed since the beginning of Genesis? It's when God created the universe and all of this. God is still on the throne. God has always been on the throne God will always be on the throne because he said in his word, he says in that, he said that I change not. I am the same today, yesterday, and forever. And in this, that we can stand upon that promise. There's a lot of things that we can stand upon, a lot of things that we can do, a lot of things there that. But one sure promise that we can stand upon is, is to know and we can tell to the world and proclaim and the forces of Satan and all of Satan's forces and everything and all this, that God is still on the throne. Satan tried to overthrow God and elevate himself above God, and he was cast out of heaven with a third of the angels. And so God is still on the throne. He will always be on the throne and all this. But you see that for us, it's for Christians. He said in this, is in Psalms 97.1, he said, Relax. Relax in that. He said, relax and what? Because the Lord reigns. Isn't it great to know? As you can say tonight, knowing that if you're a Christian, that you, that you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that you can rejoice to know that the Lord reigns supreme in your life and everything that is there. You see, as all the things of our life and everything that happens to us, is that none of these things takes God by surprise. There's no, there's no surprises with God. 
is we look down the road and we see circumstances, we see things happening in our life, and it's, it's a surprise to us. It's a surprise to us. We didn't expect it. We didn't see it coming. But let me tell you this evening, friends, that if you're a Christian or non-Christian and things like this, that there's not anything that happens in your life that is beyond God's control. Is God controls it? You know, say, if Satan may tempt you and try you and everything and all this, but as you as a Christian, if you know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and all this, that Satan, before he does all these things, he has to go through God. He has to, he has to have the, is he cannot do it on his own. We may stray away from God. Is we're under the canopy of the, God's protection, and we may stray out from under that canopy, and we, when we do, that we get tempted by Satan and things of like this. It's the thing that I heard sometime many, many years ago. It's things as Christians that we know in this. That we're sheltered safe in the arms of God. And I like to say it's like an umbrella. You take and put an umbrella over your head when it's raining. You put that umbrella up and you stay protected from the rain. But what happens if you think, well, you know, I stand out from underside that umbrella a little bit. And maybe I, maybe I won't get wet. But that's the same thing as when we do, we, tr- we get away from God. We get out from under God's hand of protection. And when we do, we're stepping into enemy territory. And Satan begins to tempt us. Satan begins to try us and all of this. But you see, he said in, in 1 Peter 5, he said in this, he said, Cast your care on him, for he cares for you. Is that great to know tonight? Hey, I'm just a little old bitty country boy down here in South Carolina, but hey, to know that I'm a child of the King and He cares for me. He cares for me because why? Because I'm a part of the family of God. There's one day that when I reached up, He reached down and He lifted this old boy out of the miry pits of sin. And things, and some of the people know it here tonight, I won't call no names, but they, they know me back years ago. And they know the life that before Jesus Christ came in. But thank God that he wrote my name and see him in the blood of the Lamb. And knowing of this, that I can cast all my cares on him, for he cares for me. Because I'm a part of the family of God and all this. You see, in Matthew 11, he says in this, Come to him with all your burdens, with all your cares. Cast your burdens on him and let him help carry them. How many times in this, you've heard people saying, well, take your burdens to the place, to the cross. Take your burdens to the place of prayer and leave them there. You don't have to raise your hand tonight, but let me ask you the question. How many of you have took your burdens? You've had those burdens, you had that burden with you, and you carried that burden, and you said, well, I took it to the Lord in prayer. I carried it, I carried it to the Lord in prayer. I went to the place of Calvary, and I carried my burden there. But did you leave it? Or did you turn around, and when you left, you picked it back up? And you said, well, Lord, I think I can carry this burden myself too. How many times do we do this? How many times do we leave that burden there? And all this. I like what C.H. Spurgeon. I don't know, you may, you may know C.H. Spurgeon. He was a great man of God. A great theologian. 
But C.H. Spurgeon, he said this. He said, absolute power is safe in the hands of God. Absolute power. All power, everything. He said, is safe in Him. And who cannot be tempted? Who cannot be tried? Who cannot make a mistake? Who cannot act unrighteously? Isn't this when the books of God are open? And one day that we're going to stand before God and all the books are going to be open. And the things in this life, good deeds or bad deeds and things, is the only thing. But the greatest thing to know that when the books are open, that do you know that your name is written in the book of life. But when the books of God, when they are open, there will be no errors. There will be no unrighteousness. There will be not one shred of doubt. Or anything that can be blotted out. And there will be no errors. You know that we find in many things in our lives here. Many times in our lives and things of this. That we find errors. We make mistakes. And all that we go on and everything and all that. You know that. Many times that when you was in school and you went to take a test and things and all this, is the teacher would tell you and everything and all, say, double check yourself. Double check and make sure that you got no errors. There's no errors there. But friends, let me tell you, when God's books are open, there'll be no errors. All is going to be truth and righteousness. No line, no jot, no tittle, none, none unholiness. Because that we serve a holy God. We, we walk in the presence of the Lord every day. So in this, let us realize and knowing that what? Who's in control? The Lord's in control. The Lord reigns. Are you rejoicing tonight? Do you rejoice in the Lord every day? Is every day of your life, are you rejoicing in the Lord? Do you get up in the morning singing praises to the Lord? Are you rejoicing to know that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life? And no one's saying, Lord, I can rejoice today because that you're going to walk with me, that you're going to direct my pathway. And Lord, that I can rejoice to know that if I leave this world today, that I know I'm going to spend eternity with you. Is all of life's journey, is everything of life that we can rejoice because... The Lord, he said in this, he said, the Lord reigneth. He didn't just create the universe. He said this, he said that God stepped out of nowhere into nothing and created the universe and all that is therein. That it's all in his control, it's all in him. Is Jesus, he reigneth. He reigneth on the earth and let us rejoice and be glad therein. Can we rejoice to know that the Lord is there? You see, world conditions and all the things of the world is around us today. Everything that's there. God knew it from the beginning of time. And he knew this day and this time of what it would be. He knew the troubles and the trials and everything that would be in our lives today. What do we find in this? That Paul in these latter days and these days in which we live now. That we find this at Paul, he said, to, he said to Timothy, peerless times 
will come. Peerless times will come in our life. And we're knowing this. And we find this, we find this recorded in 2 Timothy chapter, 2 Timothy chapter 3. If you look at this, and it says in this, This know also that in the last days, peerless times shall come. He said in the last days, and we're, we're living today, is we started living in the last days when Jesus ascended back into heaven. But I believe today that we're living in the last days of the last days if we're there. And he said in this, he said, peerless times will come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemous, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, inconsistent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, bearers of pleasures and more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof, and turn away from him. Ever learning and never able to come to knowledge of the truth. Does that sound like the days and times in which we live today? As in, in second Corinthians, excuse me, in Second Timothy chapter four, we find these words: "And they shall turn away their ears from the truth, and shall be turned unto fables. But watch thou in all things." Endure afflictions, do the work of evangelists, make full reproof of the ministry. For the times will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. Has you ever seen today in a time in which we live today, have you ever seen a greater turning away from the church? turning away from God that we find around us today is what is happening in our world is people that they're, they're, they're not thinking about eternity they're thinking about they're lovers of self they're lovers of pleasures of this world friends let me tell you this evening that God knew this and he told us in his word he said there is pleasure in sin for a season and that's all Satan wants you to know. That there's pleasures out there. And friends, let me tell you this evening that the world is full of pleasures and all the things there. But Satan doesn't turn the card over and show you the backside of it. And says then come death and destruction. And in this that we find that there is that how are we to react when these times arrive? They're upon us. What do we do? How do we react to them? What do we do in this? But you see, when we see these times coming as Christians, that we can rejoice and see God's prophetic plan unfolding before us. And you see God's plan unfolding. Do you rejoice and know that God's still in control? That it's there. You see... What we're to do. When we see these things begin to happen around us. We see all these circumstances and all these conditions and everything. We just read about here in God's word. We see all of these things happening and all that. What do we do? We are to, we are as Christians. We are to look up 
We're to look up and be encouraged that God reigns, that God's in control, as He has not left the universe to control itself and to be in control itself. And think, you know that we find many denominations. There's many. There's many religions today, but there's a big difference between religion and Christianity. But there's many religions, many doctrines out there today. And one of the things, one of the doctrines that one denomination they preach and saying in this is that God, they believe that God is the creator of the universe. That God created the universe and all that is therein. And then he just left it to itself to carry on. No. God did not leave it to itself to carry on. And today we can rejoice in this. But you know, in all of God's creation, you see of all of God's creation and everything that is there, the only is all of creation is obedient to God. Except for what? Except for man. We're the one that disobeyed. We're the ones that fall short of fulfilling God's plan and God's purpose in our life. All the other creation and things of creation is obedient to God. But God made us a free moral agent that we may accept or reject and go and make our own decisions of what we want to go. But as Christians, let us rejoice. Let us remember. You said in that, is remember. Is remember is a great thing. As you know, that when you, uh, when you was in school and you took a final exam and a test and everything and all, it was good for you to remember the things that had been taught you. That you could remember them and you could rejoice and know that you, you made a good grade. You could remember the things there. So as Christians, let us remember who is in control. Knowing that we are part of God's creation. We are, we're part of God's world and we can rejoice therein and all this and knowing that for we as Christians as it says in Romans 8 he says for all things work together for good to them who love the Lord who are called according to his purpose all things you know everything in this and all everything you take to good is you, you take you put it all together and it all works for God's glory to bring honor is to bring what honor and glory to Him, not to self. We need to put we need to put self aside, and make sure that God's on the throne, and we can rejoice in this. Remember, remember this. Remember this, and what He says in this. Remember that the Lord, what, reigns. The Lord is still in control in all this. We are not the first. To live in difficult times. We're not the first to live in perilous times. And until, until Jesus comes back. His things in this. He tells us this in the latter days and the last days. His peerless times are going to come. And all this. And peerless times have been before us for people that are there. As you look and you say well we've been. We've living in peerless times now. But go back to the. It's find the children of Israel. When they disobeyed God. And they failed to honor God and, and follow Him and be obedient to Him. What did they do? They went down into slavery for 400 years. There's none of us. None of us that will live for 400 years. But yet, 
the children of Israel that disobeyed God, that they was down there. They lived in they lived in slavery for four hundred years. And God, they found they called out to God, and God heard and answered their prayers and delivered them out of their bondage. They rejoiced. They remembered who was in control. They remembered and knew that they was not in control, but God was in control, and God called for them to follow His commands, to worship Him, and all this is David. He was pursued after Saul is to take his life. But what did David do though? David remembered who he trusted, placed his trust in. David remembered who was in control. And he knew that he could trust the Lord. He could look to the Lord and he could rejoice because God was in control in all this. The early church before us. The early church was there if it was terrible persecution. The early church suffered many persecutions, even martyrdom. But in this. But the disciples, you see the disciples, when Jesus, when he was arrested, all of the disciples, they fled from him. They, they, they fled what? They went and hid or whatever. But after Jesus, after his resurrection... They was empowered because Jesus told them, He said, I will empower you. You shall receive power and I will empower you to go. And these men that they rejoiced, they went forth proclaiming the gospel to all the world, all the people was there. And they rejoiced that they could just be, they could suffer a little bit. What did Paul, Apostle Paul say? He said that I rejoice to know that I can just suffer a little bit is what my Lord suffered for me. Yes, these people, these martyrs before this, that even I believe those as they was going to the gallows, as they rejoiced, is knowing that God was in control. That God was the author and the finisher of their faith and all this. When you're feeling down and out and we all at one time or another, that we in our lives, we get down and out. We feel discouraged. But when we do, let us look up and rejoice. Let us remember Jesus. Consider Jesus. What he was in Isaiah 53. It says in this that he was despised. He was rejected. And all, everything and all this. Jesus, he endured, he endured the cross. And the pain and the suffering and everything that was there. And he did it what? All for me and for you. Is knowing this, that so when we do, when we get a little discouraged, what we do is think about Jesus, what He has done for you, what He is doing for you, and knowing that He is in control of your life. You see, the resurrection, it vindicated His message, and what guaranteed what? Our salvation. His salvation. It's not, it's His, that He gave it to us so freely. It's not, it's not something, not salvation, not anything that we can earn, that we deserve, not that we can buy it or anything. It's the free gift of God that was given so freely upon the cross of Calvary. The ultimate sacrifice was paid on the day of atonement. 
is if you go back and you read in history and things and this, is before the day, before Calvary, that the people once a year that they had to come and to bring a lamb, a spotless lamb, and they would come and they would kill it outside the, outside the city, and they would bring its blood in and give it to the priest, and the priest, he would carry it in and offer it as a sin atonement for their sins that was there. But Jesus, the day that when Jesus died upon the cross, He shed His precious blood, the perfect Lamb of God, the sinless Son of God that was out sin, there that He was slain outside the city. But then what did He do? He carried the blood to the throne of glory and placed it upon the throne of God. And there from that day until this, there's never had to be another sacrifice offered for sin because the perfect tone perfect atonement for sin was offered that day and so it is that when we in this look up and rejoice to know that God's plan for your life is unchanged around the circumstances is what is around you you hear that is knowing that God's plan for your life is unchanged because of what is happening in the world around you. God has a perfect plan for your life if we will only follow that plan. I like what somebody said one time, and we have no, we have no way of knowing this and knowing where it's true or not true or things in this, but it's good to think about and knowing this. It says that we as Christians said when when we get home to glory that one day that we're going to pass out of this life down here. We're going to go, either Jesus is coming, we're going to go into rapture, or we're going to die. But when we stand before the Lord, someone has said that God's going to take, and He's going to put a chart up there. And God is going to say, this is my plan that I had for your life. Now here is the life that you lived. How close does it match up? What do you do as a builder? Is most some of you people are builders and throwing this that you build something? What do you do? You have a pattern. You take a perfect example. You take a perfect thing here, and you use it as your pattern to build things after. Is Jesus Christ? He set the example before us. He's the perfect pattern. So build your life around Him and follow Him and rejoice in knowing that God's in control, knowing that creation. Creation, if we look around us, just look at creation itself. It gives us assurance to knowing that God's in charge. God controls it all. He didn't just He didn't just create it and put it out here as to leave it. But He knows it's in control. So what do we need to do as Christians? What do we need to do as people? We need to commit all to the Lord of all, of everything. And quit worrying. Don't worry about it. You're going to worry about it? What are you going to do? Are you going to change anything? Is anything going to change by you worrying about it? What does it do? You can't change it. So what if you can't change it? God says not to worry about it. He said worrying is sin. But what do we do? We commit it to Him. And knowing that God is still in control. God's still on the throne. 
And I'm thankful to know that he is the author and the finisher of my faith. I've trusted it all to him. And knowing that he controls it all. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this time that you've given us together this evening. That we could come to your house of worship. Thank you, Lord, that you've spoken to our hearts once again from your word. Knowing, Lord, that you're the creator. That you're in control. And we need to trust it all to you. And so, Lord, as we come to the close of this service this evening, Lord, I pray that you take the message now that you will use it accordance with your own divine will. Lord, if there's any decision here, the Lord, that your Holy Spirit has spoken to hearts this evening, any decisions they've made, Lord, that they will be obedient to your Spirit and the calling, Lord. And we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.